Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, hello, my name is Eric Hurt, and I am here with my partner and brother in ministry, Mike Cleveland, and we're both here to do a uh, testimony interview with, we're going to call him Eric number one, <laughs> and I'll be Eric number two. So Eric number one, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. I really am honored. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you here, brother. And uh, Mike, I know that you're excited to be here, brother, because we just love doing these. And we love to see others uh, who are celebrating at looking at the cross. You know, we, we pray for this, uh, Eric, number two. <laughs> we pray for, for just one more heart to be circumcised at the cross, for one more person to, to experience the power of one who laid down his life for us. So I'm excited about it just from the standpoint of, yeah. of we get to hear uh, yet one more because this is an answer to our prayer. So Eric, number one, thank you so much for being here with us. Of course, yeah. So we thought we'd study Titus uh, chapter three together, just looking at verses three through six. And so I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, verse three says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So Eric, number one, we just want to look at um, how foolish we were, disobedient and led astray by sin. Brother, do you identify with that? Yeah, 100%. And um, honestly, reading, um, read the gospel in a brand new way now, because um, I came from a place where I grew up in church. And so I always knew the gospel. I knew what it meant. I knew what God did for me. So it's not like I was doing all of this sin out of just this complete not knowing of what it truly was doing. Like I knew the hurt that I was causing Jesus and I was a leader in my church. And yet, because I was so wrapped up in my sin and I had been a part of it for so many years, I continued to do it and I couldn't get away from it. And so reading like this verse now about how I was foolish and disobedient and deceived, like I was deceiving myself every single day, telling myself, you know, I'm doing so much good for Christ. So this sin that I'm caught up in is something I can deal with since I'm like, I was almost looking at it as as long as my good outweighs the bad, I'll be fine. And that is not the right way to look at it. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, sometimes when we're, in, we're deceived, we're thinking, well, as long as I'm involved in some good works, then God will overlook the bad, if, if, that's, if that's what you're saying. You know, I think about Ephesians 2, 3, which is like a parallel passage, but it says all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So, Eric, number one, does this describe your life? And if so, you know, what... How long were you involved in this lifestyle, just gratifying your flesh? And, you know, it, 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 verse two, it says, if we had a thought uh, that was leading us 
to follow the gratifying of our flesh. We just followed that thought. And does that describe right. your life? It does. Um, I'd say I first got involved with the pornography and the sexual impurity as like maybe a middle school or junior high kid, somewhere around that age. But I think once my older brother kind of moved out of the house and it was just me and my parents, I was always that, um, I guess between me and my brother, I was always the good kid. And so my parents spent a lot more time like disciplining him and not focusing on me because they always knew I would do the right thing. And so that in turn gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And so once I found this path of, oh, like these girls are very attractive and a lot of them are willing to um, like show you whatever you want to see. And then you have so, so much access to the pornography online, like all of that building up with the fact that I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted and I was able to hide it so well that no one would call me out on it. Like you put all of that together in the same pot and you do not get a good recipe. Like if, I was definitely on the path to destruction. That's for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a very good description, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, it sure is. And you know, we, we really didn't have any power whatsoever uh, to help ourselves. In fact, the next part of verse three says that we were slaves uh, to various passions and pleasures. Is, is that how you felt, uh, Eric? Number one, I felt like a slave in chains and in prison. 100%. Because I remember so many times just being on my knees, praying, God, let this be the last time. Like, I don't, I truly did not want to live that life anymore. But then you would go, like, I've read so many setting captives free lessons that ring true, where it's like you would go maybe X amount of weeks or X amount of months. And you're like, you know what? I'm doing really good. And you think you're over it. But the thing is, is that with Satan, like he has time on his side, whereas we don't. And so I can go months at a time and then have that one thought and let my guard down for that one second. And then I'm right back enslaved to the same sin. And so it was just this recurring path and um, a recurring pattern. And so I was definitely enslaved because no matter how, how much I thought I was free from it or over that sin, I never truly was. Yeah, it's a slavery is something that you can't decide to get out of, right? You can't just choose right. your own free will, supposedly. You know, a slave can't just say, you know what, I think I'm done being a slave and I'm going to leave this life now. <laughs> yeah, a slave sure. has a master and he is uh, in bondage. And this is the words that scripture used, not addicted, that's a worldly term, but we use enslaved because we're mastered by these passions and pleasures like you described. Right. Um, and Eric, you know, if you, if you look at the next verse, we turn a corner here because you describe slaver, slavery really well, but look at this next verse. Yeah. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. Okay, so we've, we've turned a corner now. Something has happened. The kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. Well, brother, when was that? Uh, for me, it got to the point um, where I had to have someone else call me out. And so I always knew, I really, I truly was living this double life because a part of me was 100% on fire for God. Um, I led Bible studies. I led classes. I did all this good stuff for the kingdom, and my heart was truly in it. 
but at the same time, like I had this secret life where it's like, I'm just going to feed my own uh, sinful desires that no one's going to know about. And so it got to the point where like my sinful life got so out of hand that it crossed over into like the Bible studies and stuff to where like people found out and it got to the point where like I came to this part where I can tell my wife and tell my church and tell everything like everyone absolutely everything or I can only tell them a little bit and just continue to hide it which would eventually blow up anyways and so like I honestly God broke me to the point where I had to tell everyone everything and um and it really was the worst day of my life but I'm truly thankful that I had to go through that because now I really am set free and I have zero desire like I can it's crazy because I always heard of um when you're truly set free, like you can feel a physical weight lifted off of your shoulders. And I had never felt that before. So I didn't think it was a real thing. But as soon as I was able to talk to my wife and talk to my pastor and everyone, like physically, I just felt lighter and it just felt so good. And ever since then, like it's been over three months and I've done a setting captives free lesson every single day without ever missing one, because it's become an integral part of my relationship and building my relationship with God and being transparent with others. And um, so I would say over three months ago when I had to be set free, like I truly saw the love of Christ and it hasn't gone away and I know it never will go away. Amen. You described verse four uh, where you saw the love of Christ. You saw the goodness uh, and the grace of God, our Savior, when he appeared, when he went up Calvary's hill to the cross. And this was the real change in your life, wasn't it, brother, where you were released as a slave, uh, where you saw Jesus taking your sin from you, uh, the weight being lifted off of you and Jesus carrying it to Calvary's hill for you, putting, putting it to death there for you. And, uh, you know, canceling your record, brother, and giving you life with his very last breath. Uh, isn't that tremendous? Isn't that what you see when you look at the cross, Eric, number one? Yes, <laughs> 100%. Um, I mean, I just have this new grateful heart for what Jesus did for me. And it's no longer about, um, you know, me looking at all of these acts that I can do to show my love for Christ. Like, of course, I'm going to do that, but that should be a response to where your heart is. Because if your heart's in the right spot, then you're going to know the only way to sh like prove where your heart is, is an outpouring of his love. And so as long as every day I'm looking at the cross and looking to what he did for me, like I can't help but be overwhelmed with this joy of knowing that it doesn't matter what path I go down, like he sent his son to die for me. And so it's never been about what I can do for him. It's always been about what he's already done for me. And that's yeah. the difference, brother. That is the difference between this experience of salvation and freedom versus religion. Uh, you know, right. where, where, where we're trying to do all weekend, all of our righteous deeds to gain God's favor versus what you just described right there. And that that goes to the next verse, doesn't it? If you do you have that verse there handy, Eric number one, verse five? Yes, I do. It says, um, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And so it's the difference, like you described right there, which is the difference between us doing righteous deeds, which really are filthy rags. Uh, in right. God's sight, because they're, they're, they're done from a selfish and an impure motive. 
the difference between that and what he has done, which is to save us, and he is transforming us. Um, but it's through this, this washing. And Eric, number one, describe this, if you will, this washing. Uh, how does that happen? By the way, this implies that we were previously dirty, that we were right. previously uh, defiled, that we were right. previously in need of cleansing. And so how has right. this happened in your life? What is this washing like for you? Um, for me, I know, like through the verse, it says this washing of regeneration. And when I read the second, the last part of that verse five, renewal by the Holy Spirit, like I read that as in it's not a one-time decision. And for the longest part of my Christian walk, because I've been a believer for over 12 years now, for the longest time, I thought... It was almost like that fire security blanket. You know, I'm not going to hell. I made that decision. I checked that box, that type of thing. But now that I've truly experienced freedom from that sin and all of that pain, it's an every day waking up and making that decision, you know, to bear your cross and to put to death your sinful nature. And it's not just a, well, I'm going to make this decision when I'm young and then no matter what I do throughout my life, like I know I'm safe, but it's every day deciding I'm not going to live for myself or for the world or for what the world has to offer, but I'm going to, you know, bow myself at the cross every single day and ask God, what do you want me to do for you today? Because it's not about me. And that's just what the gospel screams. And like the more people that I can get to realize that, like I, it just brings me joy. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens, Eric, number one, when we huddle around the cross and we look there to see uh, what Jesus has done for us. And so right. we have seen from start to finish that he took away your foolishness uh, mm -hmm. when you were led astray. He delivered you out of the slavery to sin. He's washed you. He's cleansed you. He's forgiven you. He's canceled the record of debt. And, and we've heard you celebrate that today for us, brother. Uh, not for us, but just what Christ has done in your own heart. And I love that you said that because it is a matter of the heart. The heart needs to be changed. Our hearts of stone need, need to be removed. And at the cross, they are. And we're given a heart of flesh and given his spirit he puts in us. And I think we can hear it in your testimony uh, that you're just filled with uh, the joy of the spirit and you're right. filled with freedom and the weight has been lifted. And so Eric, number one, somebody's listening right now and, and they haven't been set free yet. They don't have, um, they haven't experienced the power of the cross like you have. Now, brother, could you take just a minute and, and encourage them? What would you say to them? Yeah, honestly, just being in the position I am in now as far as being on the other side of, you know, admitting my wrongs and admitting all of the sin in the past that I held inside for so many years. Um, whether that's you that you're holding on to it or if other people know about it and you're still not set free, just coming to the foot of the cross and truly releasing it and having, you know, those brothers that band around you because your Christian walk isn't meant for you to go through it alone like you're supposed to have brothers that are walking there with you and when you truly feel that i just personally cannot describe how great of a feeling it is to know that every single day i can wake up knowing all that past that i screwed up and did all these wrong things it's like god doesn't see that anymore when he looks at me he sees his son just being poured out on the cross and 
how incredible of a feeling that is. Like I just encourage anyone who's going through that to bow yourself at the cross and, you know, release all of that sin and admit, you know, I am a sinner, but God, I know that you've saved me because the, the feeling of relief that you'll get knowing that it's not on your shoulders anymore, but that Jesus gave you his righteousness and took your sin. It's just, it's honestly the best feeling in the world. And it's something that can't be described with words. It's just something you truly have to experience yourself, but you can't experience it until you're willing to pour out yourself and fill up with Jesus. So at the end of the day, it comes down to a personal decision, but it's something that you would never regret. Literally the best decision. You know, Eric, you described this experience so well because uh, it is the lifting of a weight. And, right. and you described it, and I hear it in your voice, you know, and I see it in your smile, this uh, joy that comes when you don't carry this weight. But if you, you know, what you said here was to look at the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because when you look at the cross, even if you use this passage of scripture, you see Jesus being treated as if he were foolish as if he were disobedient, as if he were the one that was enslaved to sin. Right. Uh, the malice, the envy, the hated, being hated, all of that was dumped on him. Um, he was just the embodiment of our sin. There he was, a mass of sin, in essence, hanging there on the cross. Right. Why? Because he'd taken it off of you. He had taken it onto himself, so you no longer bear the weight of your sin. You no longer have the guilt of your sin. All the shame has been taken off of you and put right on Jesus. And and it was his kindness and it was his love uh, that took him up that, up that cross, up Calvary's hill. And, you know, this message that you've given us today, Eric, number one, is that the cross is indeed for salvation, but it it continues daily to transform us as we experience this washing daily. And so, you know, what happens is our hearts are initially cut where they're they're just, uh, God removes this heart of stone from us and gives us a heart of flesh. But then daily, we're once again, we're wounded and we're healed we're crushed and we're made well uh, and right. this is the, like a daily experience would you would you just say that that's true and i don't want to put words in your mouth but is this what happens to your heart as well as you continue to look at the cross yes every day and um and i've learned over the past couple months that it's no longer about you know i've done well for a few days so I can kind of let my guard down, but it's an everyday waking up with that warlike mentality of, you know, this sin is what put Jesus on the cross. And so you have to go into every single day with that same mentality of it's literally a matter of life and death and um, you can't take it lightly. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a simple decision or one glance too many at an attractive girl, like you can never let your guard down and you constantly have to be reminding yourself all of those bad things are what put Jesus on the cross. And I don't ever want to be in a place. Obviously I'm going to fail. Like I'm no one's perfect except for him, but I never want to consciously put myself in a position where I'm setting myself up to intentionally sin against him. And so it is a matter of every day, making sure my heart is in the right spot. 
And you know, you said it so well, because when you look at the cross, that puts our heart in the right spot. And we receive the love and the grace. We, we have the power to walk in the spirit and, and not to gratify our flesh. And it's just wonderful that we have huddled around the cross today. We've looked there today. Our hearts have been lifted up and encouraged today because that's exactly what happens. Uh, it keeps our path and our, our, our path straight. It keeps our eyes straight focused. We don't look to the left or right. We look straight ahead. Look at Jesus right. who went up Calvary's hill with joy in his heart. And it just pours into us, like you said, Eric, number one. You, you, said, you mentioned that, that, that you receive the love that's poured into your heart. And then you get to pour that love out of others. And so we're just so thankful right. you have taken this time, brother, to share your testimony. And uh, Mike, uh, any final words? And would you like to pray for us, brother, before we end? Okay, sure. Yeah, Eric, number one, thank you for coming and joining us today. And uh, yeah, just so people will know that you are now becoming a mentor with us. I believe you said you're on day or lesson number nine. Yes, sir. And so we're excited to be able to welcome you here in a few days. And uh, oh, Thank you so much. What do you think about as you think about helping others to escape the trap that you were in? Um, well, first off, I want to say thank you to YouTube because I know that, you know, throughout going through the courses and reading Mike, reading your testimony, and then, uh, just constantly getting feedback from Eric over these past, uh, like couple weeks, it's really been incredible to like hear where you guys have been and to see how transformed y'all's heart is. And so I very much so want to encourage others, but I know every single mentor also must be poured into as well. And so it's, it's good for me to have people like you, um, you two in my life, because I can constantly look at an example of, well, look at what God's doing in his heart and he can do the same thing in mine. And so thank you for that. But um, I'm, I'm excited because I just constantly think about how down in the pit I was and I would lie to myself thinking everything was okay. But now that I've truly been lifted out and I have had my heart completely uh, radicalized for Christ, like I want others to experience that same thing. And, um, and I know it's going to be um, at times discouraging when someone does like one lesson and then never comes back. I get that. But um, in the lesson I read this morning, your mission is for that one person that truly gets it is if one more person gets it, then it makes this entire setting captive free program worth it. And I am so on board with that because I know that, you know, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing every time one soul gets saved. And, um, and I want to be a part of that. Like I'm so joyful over that. <laughs> let's, let's pray together. Uh, Father in heaven, we are rejoicing. We know that the angels of heaven do indeed rejoice when one heart is cut, when one sinner returns, when one person is put to death at the cross with Christ and made alive, has resurrected from the dead, who has a new heart, a new mission, a new purpose, a new passion. Lord, we're thankful that we got to hear from Eric number one today, and we rejoice with him in the thought of the freedom that he has, but also that uh, is able to be extended then to others to uh, give them the message of hope, the message of resurrection power, the message of a crucified Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Lord, you described uh, yourself as one who came 
uh, as a servant, not to be served, but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. Lord, I pray right now for Eric number one, that he would, in the giving of his life for many, be able to see fruit, to be able to see one person whose heart becomes wounded and crushed and cut and then healed and made alive and given new hope and new resurrection power. So thank you for this time today. Thank you for Eric's reminder for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised its shame and uh, who sat down at the right hand of God. Help us to fix our eyes there. The three of us brothers right now help us to continually look at Jesus, the suffering he endured for us, power of his resurrection. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.